Come in. Come in, please. Hurry on in. Don't tarry at the doorway, uh, because someone else might come in, too. And you'll be able to drink with them. Why? Because that's what we do here. We drink. That's all we do. No. No, you can do many other things here. You can talk. You can look at people. Um, for however long it's usually appropriate to do that, you have to use your own judgment there. Uh, typically, it's impolite to look at someone right in the eye for a very long time unless they've given you clearance for that. Um, you know, the specific level that's usually required for um, such an incursion. Uh, we're not quite on that level yet. If we get to know each other better, maybe soon, and I hope, I hope we do. And, uh, if we are in, in each other's proximity for long enough, who knows? My friend, I'd like to welcome you. I say my friend, but I, I wouldn't quite call us friends yet, but I'm not averse to bring you into that level of friendship. That's not, uh, wasn't necessary for me to say. I just wanted to be clear that when I say my friend, if all I'm really saying is that I'm open, opening you up to the possibility of such a familiarity. Welcome to Jefferson Avenue Way Station. The Jefferson Avenue Way Station, if I'm not mistaken. I, I searched it on Google, uh, or, or Google, not Google. I don't think there's a, a search engine yet called Ghoul, though someone's, someone ought to snatch that up. That's a great, that's a great uh, URL right there. This is, as far as I know, the only Jefferson Avenue way station. But now that I'm saying that, there is there must necessarily be another Jefferson Avenue way station on the other side of the earth, um, which... I'm not sure, wherever people are in the United States, they always say on the other side of the earth is China, but I don't know if you could really be certain of that. I think you you probably got to get out your compass and your globe to really say for certain. You got to take a, a very long uh, darning needle and just stab it right through the globe, right into where you are and see where it comes out the other side. And only then... You really have to be certain that you are going the longest distance through the globe to know where the opposite side is. And you just can't, you can't be certain. You can't be certain at all. It could be China. It could be Delaware. Though, I don't know where in the United States you'd have to be for the other opposite side to be Delaware. Uh, some... Uh, territory in the Pacific, probably, but likely there is another Jefferson Avenue way station in the f greatest distance possible on Earth from it. That being, a, a, you know, a, a flying sky station opposite to me. Perhaps, perhaps some astronauts have made themselves like in their. In their boredom, floating in the nothingness, well, not really nothingness. Did you know that they are still kind of in a very thin atmosphere uh, because they're 
you know, in a high, very, very high orbit. Uh, but they're still, of course, within Earth's gravitational field, and they're still in the fringes of the thermosphere. That I don't know about. I, I could be totally wrong about. We are all uh, in the sun's atmosphere right now. That's not true either. That's called the corona, and it's uh, we. if we were there, I think we'd know, or we wouldn't know. We'd, we would, would we be dead? Again, that's one of the things that really sets up uh, humanities experimenting for, you know, bettering their lives. Like, how did we find which things could be eaten and which things could be used as a poison against our enemies? Someone had to eat that mushroom and find out that it's going to kill you immediately. And someone had to see that happen several times before, and they had to see this for a very long time, spreading this news about before everybody knew. And it it never got to the point where everybody knew, because people still get lost in the woods and stuff a bunch of mushrooms in their mouth desperately and then die with foam spewing out of every hole in their body. I almost said orifice, but I... Not allowed to say that because of the the curse witch. I, I actually felt a little bit of a tug right there. Uh, she's offended by that word. Though there is a religious context to the word orifice, I believe. I might be wrong about that. I don't know. I'm very remiss right now. Because it's been five minutes that I've been standing here talking to you. And I am standing right now. I'm not sitting on a stool, as some people would believe. It's been five minutes that I've been standing here just flapping my jawbone. Not much. Most of the movement of my talking is my lips. Have you ever looked at uh, an x-ray video of a person talking? The jaw moves very little when you talk. It's just kind of like a slight little jittering. Most of the movement is in the tongue and the lips. I I felt a little tug right there too. It's a little. She's quite prudish. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about her anymore. That topic has been done to death. Anyway, as I keep trying to say, and I keep interrupting myself, you came here for beer, the famous Mac Adams beer, and it's famous in a very small circle. But I'm the one that's going about telling everybody about it. I do all the work for this guy. I, I don't really, I, I don't make the beer, uh, but I do all the work of talking about it and dispensing it and letting people taste it, and I will get you a glass. And remember, this is a cash-only establishment because I never really established a, a, a banker sort of thing. I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> but anyway, I got to put it, uh, as you might have heard, I lost the, the little Bakelite toggle for this spout here, so I've got to get myself a knife to put in there. I'll be right back presently. Just enjoy the atmosphere of this place. Enjoy the, enjoy the smell, the brown motif, everything about it. Oh, here I am. Uh, there we go. Perfect. Oh, spilled a drop, but that's okay. Everything in here is brown. That liquid is brown. Ah, 
I mean, you could make a comment on how nothing really in here could be dirty, and every surface could be besmirched by, by some unspeakable miasma. And just coming in here, you've been cursed by the brown motif. But I don't say cursed. I say you've been made more organic. You've been made more lovely. I mean, that's presumptuous of me to say. It's it's up to you to say, you know, how how you improve yourself and how you comport yourself. How do you like it? How do you like the uh, the beer? Because you're not drinking it. You're just kind of looking at it. Um, you should know that the foam you see, that's not because there's soap bubbles in there. That's a natural effervescence of the beer. You see, when fermentation exists or uh, occurs in a closed container, it forces carbon dioxide, which is uh, expelled by the yeast, to be dissolved into the water. And when it opens up into a less pressurized container, such as that glass, the carbon dioxide becomes, uh, you know, not dissolved. It's not dissolved in the water, and it seems to appear out of nowhere. Uh, believe me, it is not being created out of nothing. That that carbon dioxide was, in some ways, part of the water. As when I, you know, ate a sandwich yesterday, that sandwich became part of me. And you can see that. Like, I've I've eaten a great deal of amount of things throughout my life, and you can see how I've accrued a, a, a very much a lot of matter. I've having a lot of difficulty speaking today uh, because I've been hit on the head. And uh, I don't really remember where I am. I don't... Am I wearing a shirt right now? Good. Thank goodness. I I, uh, I was worried that I might have forgotten. I Well, I could be... Uh, I might not be wearing pants, and you wouldn't be able to confirm that for me because I'm behind this counter right here. Uh, but I guess it doesn't matter. I could be totally naked from the waist down, and it wouldn't matter matter to me or to you. You could leave this place content not knowing that at all. I mean, it might be a problem for me. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm exposing myself to some horrible pathogen that's on this stool, and it's going directly into me with no interceding barrier of underpants and jeans. Now that's that's I'm guessing that's an image that you could have lived a very long time without that being in your mind. And that's okay. That's okay. You it won't physically hurt you to know, to have imagined such a thing. They say that if you have a hairless cat that if it sits on a glass table, it will leave an impression. Um and that you don't have to see that for yourself. You can just hear that and then regret having known that. That exists for a lot of things. Our imagination is almost never a good thing. Our imagination is almost always working against us. Now, that's always true, except for when it's not true. One time when it's not true is when you're in the airport and you're just waiting for your plane and whatever you brought to read... Uh, while you're waiting for your plane, is not really occupying the time very well. 
it's not really helping you eliminate the time between now and then because you can't really eliminate time you can't kill time as they say you still have to endure that time so what do you do you have to you have to necessarily put down that book put away your device that plays that movie and sort of stare into the the foam tiles on the ceiling and wonder what would happen if something moved that tile aside and crawled out of it. What sort of thing would that be? And then you imagine that the person walking around back and forth with with their bag on the ground and with their their wife just lying flat on the on the floor. You got to wonder what would happen if the little tiny alien that's controlling them popped open the lid on top of their head and just walked out and started stretching a little bit. Because as much as well as we comport ourselves in normal daily life, when you're at an airport, you become as slovenly as you naturally are in your most basic state. Because it is so unpleasant. When things get that unpleasant, the, the animal in you really gets out and just stretches and luxuriates in just in what is the in the basic feeling of it i i really as i've said the head injury is has diminished my vocabulary to a lamentable state i try uh keeping up my vocabulary by listening to audiobooks but um sometimes it doesn't work it worked very well when i was listening to herman melville but now i'm listening to jack london which, um, God bless him, but he he's not doing a great job with it. Somewhat of a flowery prose, I would say, and not a whole lot of meaning in it. So it doesn't really impart a lot of meaning to me. I miss I miss Herman Melville. You remember him? Remember back in the day uh, when he used to say all that crazy stuff when we all used to ignore him? We all used to, and I think that's why he died. He disappeared because we weren't aware of him, like in uh, that kid in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who faded from existence because no one paid attention. Attention? No one paid attention to him. Maybe that's the problem with my uh, vocabulary: is that uh, I, the wrong words keep going in my head. There's a jumble of many different words that I want to use. And only one of them is the correct one, and I do not have the power to say which one. How do you like that beer? Because you you actually have drank it now, which I'm glad of. I'm, you, uh, it seems like you downed the glass all at once because uh, I blinked and the liquid was just gone. Did you pour it into a plant somewhere just to appease me? Because you'll still have, you will still have to pay for it, even if you didn't drink it. Because that's beer that's outside of my keg now, and I can't put that genie back in the bottle. Or uh, more literally, I can't put that beer back inside the keg. Have you ever tried to do that? It's impossible. Beer naturally wants to leave the container that you put it in. That's that's thermodynamics. It isn't really. It's it's just a wild axiom that I came up with for no reason. 
It's like the parallel axiom that if two lines intersect, the uh, the uh, line that they uh, that they both intersect, uh, they both come to angles less than 180 degrees. Omar of the Rubaiyat said that. You know how I know that? Jack London. He taught me that. He taught me that Omar taught everybody else that. And there's a reason why I'm speaking a lot of nonsense right now. And it's not because I'm drunk. Because I'm not. I mean, in the sense that if someone consumes a lot of alcohol in their life for a long time, they will always be drunk in a very mild sense, then yeah, I guess I am drunk. But I haven't had any alcoholic beverages in at least, I'd say, oh, 12 hours. Which I, I, I think that's commendable. Actually, matter of fact, I think it's been, I think it's been 13 hours. Give me some credit, would you? I, I don't think I need any credit. I don't think I need any pats on the back for that. As a matter of fact, I would be worried if people started doing that because then it would sort of prove that something is very wrong, that even just a little bit of, of action promotes praise. Then I think, what do I normally look like? What's my normal state? My normal state is lamentable. I'm glad I was able to pull that word out of the ether because it meant that I was able to pull myself out of the ether. You notice how I, when you came into this this place, I seemed to come out of the air? It was because I was dissolved into the air. I didn't suddenly materialize from nothingness. There was no pocket dimension that I stepped out of, like the, uh, the shapeshifters in Deep Space Nine. No... You seem confused about that. You, so you've seen the show, right? It's theorized that they can increase their mass or diminish their mass in spite of the uh, you know the law of preservation. And it's theorized that they have a pocket in you know that the uh, fictional subspace that they can store matter in, which allows them to seemingly grow and shrink in size not only size but mass that's uh, anyway that's not what i did reason being is because that's that's a fictional show it's i don't as far as i know that's not a, a physically possible thing to do but also i didn't do it because i'm always here for to the customers at least i am a fixture when this place is closed the blinds are shut and you can't see inside this place unless you really peered in. And it's not like a, a video game where it's all everything's all set in place and there's no need to program a place to look like it would be at that moment if, if the character is not going to be there. Because if you actually broke in here in the middle of the night, you wouldn't just see me here frozen in this place because you shouldn't be here. I mean, you shouldn't be there here if it's not if this place isn't open i would uh, alert the authorities but i would be gone i would be home i exist in spite of your perceptions 
And I have a I have a suspicion that you probably also exist in spite of my perceptions and preconceptions. And that's okay. I, I that you are totally alien to me. And I, I I have a suspicion that you are in a in a basic sense completely alien to me. Your thoughts, your your feelings, your prejudices, and it's okay. Every, every human being has prejudices. Your your sympathies, they are probably very different than mine. But that doesn't mean that we can't be friends. And I, I, the reason I say this is because I don't know you very well. The people who I've known the most familiarly in my life, I still don't know really know them as well as I know myself. And I don't even know myself very well. Who do I know? Nobody. There are people in my life that I've invented. There are fictional characters that have stayed in my mind completely because there are moments in which I've had nothing else to do but create human beings inside my head. And I know them completely. But the only reason I know them completely is because they only exist inside my head. And I can probe right through them, right like an x-ray. I can see completely through them. But I can't, uh, I can't, exert that probe onto my own consciousness and I certainly can't uh, project it onto other people did I say project? oof, Freudian slip see that's the problem people think they know other people but they really are just projecting their own feelings that's what they say about animals that we think we know the emotions of animals but really we're only projecting our own emotions on them now People will often take that to mean the animals don't have emotions because since they don't have the same emotions we do, that they are completely bereft of them. And I don't. I think that's uh, that's flying in the face of evidence. I think animals exhibit the evidence of emotions, and it's it would be it would be the most simplest explanation to look at animals and say they probably have emotions and it would make the most sense. Why wouldn't they? They are animals just like us. They probably, emotions probably all they have. I mean, you could probably look at a very placid, uh, just, uh, calm person and I guess they don't have emotions, but you know, that's not true. Because they're a human being. And it would be monstrous of you to assume that person doesn't have emotions. Sometimes you can't assume something you don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> As I've said, I've hit a limit in my being. And I need to regenerate. I need to, uh, I need to plug back into the, to the nutrient pool and absorb by which I have, I'm saying that I have a, uh, I have a you know vegetarian salami sandwich, in a wax paper bag underneath this, and as soon as you're gone, I will begin eating. I I, I do not eat in front of customers. Why? Because there's a, a secret mouth underneath my chin that opens up. I'm just kidding. I just I'm very self conscious about the way I eat. 
And uh, I wouldn't want to subject you to that. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, people have been very good about this. I've, I used to have to ask people to pay all the time. Some people even try to steal it. Uh, but it seems like nowadays people are just, they're paying up without even being asked. And I, I see that as very auspicious. Anyway, you have a good day. And uh, if I see you next week, I'll see you next week. But to all, my friends, thank you for coming to Jefferson Avenue Way Station. And I will see you next week.